0: All right, guys, and welcome to episode 112 of the Impact Defense Podcast. Uh, Today we have two guests on here, uh, both very regular guests, our first and second most frequent guests on the same podcast again. I'm pretty sure you guys have been on podcasts before, Mm -hmm. right? Just just a couple times. A couple times. Once Mm -hmm. or twice. Okay. At At least three. Okay. So we have Gentry and we have Steven. Let's get right into it. Okay, so in this episode, I'm going to be completely honest and upfront. We've discussed this before in the past, and we have some lost episodes, most of which we have just let die. This is one we said we're going to come back and do. When we get a chance to have both of you on again, we're going to come back and do. Because Gentry had a really good question in one of them, and we're talking about books and what we can learn from books for self-defense. We're going to get into that. Not quite yet, though. We need to remember partner of the podcast, the official fuel of the podcast, If they're listening to the podcast, they can't see you hold up your cup like Vanna White there, Kylie. Blackout coffee. I'm pretty sure everybody has had the blackout coffee at this point by now, right?
1: Multiple times.
0: Multiple times. Many, many times. Mm
2: -hmm. It was awesome.
1: (laughs) Which one did you drink?
2: Uh, The chocolate cherry. Chocolate cherry, yeah. Uh Chocolate cherry was awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: That one's still yet the surprising.
2: It is. It's awesome. I like coffee. I like America. I don't like shilling for socialists and stuff like other coffee brands, uh, specifically the one with the circle mermaids and whatnot, um, or particularly overpaying for coffee that's mediocre. <laughs> if you're going to overpay
0: for coffee, make sure it's good coffee.
2: This is right. much better coffee, and you get to keep your principles. <laughs>
0: All right, so you guys head over to impactgear.live slash coffee. Make sure you use the coupon code IMPACTDEFENSE to get you 10% off.
2: I'm not 100% sure if Blackout Coffee condones my shade throwing, but...
0: I'm sure they probably... I don't know. I was going to say I'm sure they probably don't, but, you know...
2: I don't know, but if any of the Starbucks CEOs want to meet up here and throw hands, i down. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so the last time we had Steven on, we decided... Because he kept... He would tell these stories from you know his work as a policeman before and after podcasts we always got to hear every time he came in he would tell something that was like hilarious so we decided in lieu of a story when steven is here for our new story portion we're going to have steven tell something story time with steven story time with steven and jada wants to actually get some theme music just for that one do you know what you're going to tell or you just
2: Oh yeah yeah i've got one thought i've got a couple of them just up here it's just uh cross-referencing what is really funny but it's also like Appropriate, appropriate for the podcast yeah yeah. we're <laughs> um, still
0: a family friendly kind of podcast that also talks about rape murder and other things that happen in the real yeah. world so you know
2: <laughs> yeah but I, I've got a good one drummed up so. alright here we go uh, at one point I was moved over to days I've potentially been a Mostly been a nighttime officer. Uh, I, they pretty much always put me when the sun goes down. I guess that's the where I'm least likely to I think your face works better people. when the sun goes down. It's much like my face. Yeah, it's exactly. always better You well, know, when you can't see it. I think it's like a, a personality thing where it's like, you know, I'm the least likely to encounter like normal people. Oh. And uh, the normal people are the ones that complain because I say things. Well, like everything I say, um, <laughs> so they're like, "Hey, he gets complained less when it's dark outside, and uh, when it's like two o'clock in the morning, and the only people out are like night shifters and crackheads, yeah, okay. um, which are essentially just the same, you know, they're just <laughs> crackheads, but their crack is caffeine, you know. It's just like, hey, he gets complained on less, so you know, we'll stick him over there, and uh, you know, and I, and I do do. Okay, work. So they moved me to daytimes. So the reason is because uh, Sergeant needed somebody to ride with him because he had just had, uh, I think he just had surgery. I think he just had his gallbladder taken out. And so you uh, were the
0: sergeant's muscle,
2: exactly. Yeah, gotcha. So he kind of pointed, and I just did the police stuff. So uh, you know, we're on patrol. So I'm supposed to be riding with him, but I had to go to school traffic because you know it's daytime. You have to go watch your kids go to school. And uh, when I do, I pass this car. Well, I know the car. It's it's one of the local, uh, one of the local frequent flyers. I know he doesn't have a license. And I'm like, well, this is way better than watching kids go to school. So I turn around on him. I pull him over in the parking lot of a bank. I've got my blue lights on and I'm behind him. Mm. Like I, I'm, I'm watching him do this. He pulls into a parking spot, gets out of the driver's seat, walks around the car, gets in the back seat, and has the passenger move over. I watched it the whole time. <laughs> Like, it's just really, like, he's getting one over on me, and it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. And uh, so I walk up, and I'm like, do you really think that I was just going to pull the wool over my eyes? Like, like, I didn't just watch you do it. And he's like, oh, come on now. He's gotten... He got a ticket and He got a warning And, and another And something else Like uh, essentially Some other enforcement action I think it was another ticket Yeah But uh So like he's been And this driving while License revoked Is an arrestable offense In North Carolina And we're just tired Of him doing it Because it's, it wouldn't be A big deal If he drove well But he, he doesn't <laughs> Like, I don't particularly care. I'm like, hey, you know, driver's license for me. Uh, I think it's kind of dumb anyway. But like, he can't drive. Like, he's, he's terrible at it. Like, he always hits stuff or like, he's always causing some kind of problems. Like, he's always really messed up. And I think it was kind of doped up day two, But like, you know, we weren't really dealing with that. And I was like, alright, look. And I was like, I'm tired of seeing you drive. We've been dealing with this all the time. You're always up to some kind of nefarious head rat stuff. Like, we're going to jail. That's it. You've been told too many times. Like, come on, let's go. And he's like, no. And I'm like, no, no, no. We're, we're going to jail No, it's just me and i've got him out of the car and he's like standing at the hood and i'm like okay so i've got my hand on him which first off is gross i didn't have gloves on he's not like you don't you don't want to touch him like he's he's one of those yeah like he's just you know like he kind of emits a fog whenever you're around him and i'm pretty so, sure could so give let me just help. interject
0: for just a moment i, I just i like this something steven said in the very last episode that he was on was talking about medical training and he said you know if it's wet and it's not yours you shouldn't be touching it with your skin you know you need gloves on uh-huh. so that's that's exactly where my brain went the moment he said that so go ahead yeah
2: but like but i also thought like oh if i wait and i start getting my gloves out and i start putting my gloves on he's gonna be like oh that's an indicator we're gonna fight (laughs) so i didn't want it to be a fight because then he would bleed and i can guarantee his blood is disgusting Uh, he, yeah he just i'm pretty sure he just exists in a sea of used needles and like he, he's he's gross and so i'm like okay so like you know the i guess it's like the the least the, the the lowest of all the evils was just to grab him and so i'm like put your hands behind your back put your hands behind your back and he's like no f you and he's like you know cussing me out about the time the sergeant rolls up who can't fight right now yeah because he's still got stitches yeah <laughs> I am just his catalyst to not have to sit in the office. Gotcha. About the time that he comes rolling around the corner, I have grabbed his arm and twisted it around and thrown him over the trunk of the car, said some expletives, essentially uh, coming to, you are going to put your hands behind your back and you are going to go to jail and you can shut up. (laughs) But, you know, with, with what would be a lot of editing if I was going to quote it verbatim here gotcha, right gotcha but so anyway about the time that the guy who's not supposed to be fighting pulls up into the parking lot I have slammed somebody over a trunk lid and, and- currently essentially chewing them up one side and down the other after once you get them cuffed you got to search them so now I'm like pulling weird like stuff dudes that do meth always have all kinds of weird stuff for whatever reason flashlights is one of them and like <laughs> small knives and they've always got like some kind of like belt mounted pouch that's just full of tissues and like just whatever weird stuff they find on the ground batteries they love batteries and I, <laughs> like even the non-alkaline ones because you know you can take the alkaline ones you can pull the strips out and you can put them in your Gatorade bottle with your Sudafed and your Drano and shake it up and you can make kill Killbilly crystal candy. <laughs> You know, it wasn't that, and I'm like something
1: new every day. You
2: know, so I'm like pulling all this crap out of this dude's pockets, and it's just handfuls of garbage. Like, and I'm like, I don't, you know, and so like I'm mad anyway. Are you doing
0: this barehanded at this point in time?
2: Oh no, 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 I put gloves on. Okay, okay. yeah, no, no, it's like that's uh, yeah, it's a stick hazard. Um, Yeah,
0: that's what I was wondering.
2: So like you know, and I'm like, and I like I always feel the pocket itself and make sure there's Mm. nothing like needle shaped in there. Like I don't feel any like broken glass or anything. And so I'm like pulling all those pockets out, and like he's cussing me out, and I'm cussing about meth heads in general, and I'm like, why do you always carry so much damn... Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm just on and on and on, and like the sergeant's over there, and now the guy that he had the passenger seat that he was... They were going to court. That's why he was driving. And the guy he had in the passenger seat also <laughs> had to go to court. For the record, I made sure he got to court safely. They took him to court at the jail, but... <laughs> Now the guy he had in the passenger seat was probably like probably a quarter of a gram away from an overdose. He is so high. He's probably the highest I've ever seen anyone and he's nodding out and like just you're really going to make him drive like that was <laughs> your that was your big thing was just get Fentanyl McGee over here to drive you all to court and he's like oh man blah, blah, you know so anyway so I put him in the car and so I'm like well you know now I gotta tow the car cause I, I can't have the meth wagon just sitting here in the bank parking lot it's a bad look it's bad for business so you know I call the tow truck driver and my friend the tow truck driver comes down now he's the same guy that towed his car just a couple weeks earlier so now he's mad cause the same tow truck driver came down here who just happened to be right down the road so he was there lickety split it's probably the fastest I've ever had a tow truck driver get there but uh, so he's there lickety split and so like now the fentanyl ferret that I i've got arrested is cussing me out and he's cussing him out and like you know and he's just he's going nuts and uh, so i put him in the back of my car now it's a small ford taurus is what i was driving at the time right <laughs> like it's a ford taurus with a full cage in the back and this guy is like six foot 3 and like okay. you know like 120 pounds like a a meth-y 6 foot yeah three, okay. okay you know what i mean and uh so i've got him in the back of my car and somehow he gets his knee up by his head and is kicking the back glass of the car like and, and like he's Kicking the cage. And so, you know, now I've got him, and I'm like, ah, so I you know, open the door and I push his head down between his legs like he was going to pass out. And I'm yelling at him, and I'm like, if you don't quit doing that, like, you know, I'm going uh, I don't even remember what I said. And uh, the tow truck driver's looking at me like, ooh, do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> And he's like and so he's egging me on and i'm like he's in handcuffs i can't punch him like and he was like i was really hoping you were gonna do it i thought you were just gonna slam his face into that thing and i was like well i mean like you know i did kind of mush his face into the glass and he's like well i'm not stopping next time next time it's gonna be a high-speed chase and i went that's a 1988 chrysler fifth avenue it doesn't go high speed stupid and i slammed the door right you know we go to jail I take him to the magistrate's office. I charge him with driving while license revoked and uh, disorderly conduct, right? So we're heading to the jail. Now, I've just I've dealt with him. You know, I had to drive him all the way to the jail. It's like 15 minutes. Took the charges out on him. We're getting to the Sally Port of the jail. And he's like, man, you don't want none of me. You don't want none of me. I'm a beast. And I'm like, I can't tell you how many times I've been there because your girlfriend beat you up. I was like, it's a lot. I'm like, dude, I like I'm at least three times. And I was like, girls beat you up i've seen it happen i took her to jail for beating you up in front of me one time he quit talking to me after that i don't know if you can believe it but he quit talking to me after that he was, he was kind of weird about it
0: I'm, I'm not really shocked that you can kind of out talk someone yeah it doesn't shock me at all actually
2: yeah well the best part about it was i get woken up about three weeks later right uh yeah my office manager calls me and she's like hey they need you in court right now and i'm like "No." they're just gonna have to have court without me that's okay and they're like no no no, they need you in court right now or they're gonna try that you know that guy and i'm like okay i was like well what do they need me there for i sent them a copy of my report i'm just gonna sit on the stand and read it and they're like oh no he's representing himself and i was like i'm not missing that for the world (laughs) his defense for the whole thing was his girlfriend was in jail and he was sad (laughs) But he came up and he apologized to me afterwards, and he was like, "I'm sorry, I just wasn't in a good place." And I was like, well, "To be That's honestly, why I
1: brought you to jail."
2: Yeah, like, to be honest with you, Adam, if you had tried anything more than what you did, you would have been in a worse place. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time. That's my story.
1: That was definitely an interesting news story, Stephen. Thank you.
2: You're very welcome.
1: Very enjoyable. <clears throat>
2: I don't think it quite made it to the headlines, but. You know, it's-
1: <laughs> So let's go ahead and move on to our main topic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What would you say if someone said that they could learn all they needed to about self-defense from a book? Because we've talked about training in person. We've talked about all kinds of different things, different ways to train. Can you learn self-defense from a book? If so, what books do you recommend? And what kind of things would you take from those books?
2: You can definitely learn. Uh, it cannot self-defense, but you can definitely learn concepts.
0: I oh, don't know. There's like the Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee.
2: Oh, I mean, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you want to learn how to not fight, that's cool. But uh, <laughs> I take it from the guy who was almost never in a fight for, for basically an unproven martial art that was never proven. Oh, dude, you're going to piss off a bunch of people. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, like, that's not saying he wasn't a great martial artist. He was. And I mean, you know, he had a lot of really good concepts and stuff like that. But he had like one competitive fight that was ever I, recorded and then
0: I'm, a, I'm aware of this and i know this and that's why i try not to get into that discussion too much yeah, like, but man if you say that you piss some people off i mean he's yeah you know people I, I hear all too often people go like you know oh man bruce lee would just like kick anybody's tail in the ufc right now bruce lee was five foot two and 125 pounds um <clears throat> probably not
2: bruce lee would be in the featherweight division <laughs>
0: so anyway um not not we'll edit that part out i reckon but you know it's like i don't know we might just leave the controversy in
2: yeah i like controversy but as far <laughs> as it goes we, we mean, never you know, yes. <laughs> yeah i, I love it I, I live for it <laughs> But, uh, you, know, uh, you know, people can have their own opinions on it. But the fact of the matter is, is, it was genuinely just like unproven. He had one professional fight and he did well in that. But, you know, and say like, well, it worked because I tried it one time. And it's like, well, that's not, that's still a hypothesis. It's can, not.
1: Can we do a podcast at some point where Stephen can only say positive things about whatever is brought up?
2: It, I would speak the littlest amount. Oh,
1: no, you have to say something positive about everything. That, that
0: could be a very entertaining podcast.
1: It really could. Yeah,
2: right. So, like, what do you think about, like, communism? Well, you know, nobody's killed more commies than commies. So.
0: <laughs> I'm thinking this might be an, uh, an an episode at some point. Yes. Okay. But, no, 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 honestly, no, I do, I have heard people, and I mean, every style, every type of martial, there's, there's books on boxing, there's books on Jeet jitsu. there's books on uh, karate, there's books on kickboxing, there's books on all of this stuff. There's books on Krav Maga. Right. I, I think it. It's hard to learn physical skills from books, unless you have a extremely extremely good base. Yeah, then you can pick up a couple things from books, but you're not gonna like. I mean, you're you're not gonna learn from scratch fighting right. skills from
2: books. Unless yeah, unless you just have something that you can base it off of. I mean, there's definitely a lot. I mean, you know, um, there's a lot of people, especially in the really early days of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, that were watching Gracie tapes and stuff like that, and yeah. then we're practicing. That's how I got my people. start yeah. grappling. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, but they had somebody to train with and they were putting these things into practice. And, you know, so they were able to get a base. And, and yeah. you know, for, I mean, pretty much uh, unless somebody had like a distinct wrestling background or something like that, it, even way back in the day when it was especially just kind of getting into vogue, that was, you know, a, a lot of stuff that was, um that, that made people dangerous was like, you know, their ability to learn and kind of put into practice and, and, practice this stuff
0: so basically not basically every single smoker i ever fought in and one i did it you know as far as grappling stuff off of the gracie tapes Mm -hmm. you know i caught a dude in a double arm bar one time because i saw it on the internet somewhere
2: right right but uh it's not being said that you you can't learn self-defense from books but it's definitely you're going to be a lot slower it's going to be a lot more trial and error if um guy that you're defending yourself against has any form of training at all in person you're probably gonna get yeah oh
0: yeah that's what i learned once i actually started fighting with guys who like knew what they were doing
2: yeah like um hopefully it's not like a one of those on the street death matches because you know
0: Mine was in a school i was just you know free grappling after a jiu-jitsu class yeah well you know i learned oh those gracie tapes didn't actually take me to black belt
2: yeah (laughs) you know might, they'll they'll take you to oh, I'm a little bit comfortable here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he knows as much as I know, so we don't know what we don't know. And yeah. you know, and that's another thing. You you don't know and what you don't know. And you're not actually gaining any form of experience. You're only gaining knowledge, and knowledge without experience is really really one-sided. Yeah. Um you see a lot of this with college kids. If you've ever spoken to a kid in college, it's a lot of knowledge with no experience. Mm-hmm. You know, they they learn from books all the time, but they have no application of it, and that's why they're uh, very often so naive. Um, But the same thing could be said for uh, self defense. Whereas, you know, it's simple you don't know what you don't know, unless you've had somebody who's, um, you know, definitely books are are a great form of knowledge to to glean off. But it should be based with what's put in practice.
1: So basically, you should already have a good fundamental knowledge and experience with things before you try to learn from books. Or defense techniques or any kind of anything that physical right,
0: yeah. actual when you're talking about you know punching someone grabbing someone so shooting a, something are you know.
1: there any books that y'all would recommend for that
0: for like for, for physical skills
1: for any type of protecting yourself skills whether well, it I think a be mental of, or physical
0: I think a lot of it's going to boil down to I think the vast majority of people can pick things up uh, from books that focus on the mental side of staying mm-hmm. safe.
2: Um, things like mindset and tactics, yeah, can't be built from from book learning, and most of that, you know, uh, especially fighting mindset, um, you know, exercises that you can do to make you more mentally strong. Putting your head through scenarios and stuff like that, making sure that your scenarios that you're you're thinking through are, are realistic. Even in law enforcement and stuff like that, during uh, during field training process, we do. Verbal scenarios because I mean, we don't get all the calls all the time, even in huge agencies where you have, you know, if, if you run call to call to call to call to call all day long, most of those calls are going to be piddly and dumb. And, you know, you're going to show up and it's going to be the same thing over and over and over again. You know, you're mad at 10 because she called you whatever and you want him to get out of your house. And, you know, it's that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, you can do theoreticals and, and you can. Glean a lot of that not only off their knowledge base, but also how they would theoretically handle that problem. Yeah, um, especially if it is something significant and problematic. It's a lot of stuff. Anything that you can use to strengthen your mindset or improve your tactics, you're going to have to use less of your skills anyway. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Like you know, if you end up in that fight, your tactics probably sucked. Um, <laughs> That's you know, true. It just is what it is. You know, if you if you really ended up in that fight, unless it was just random and you were attacked, and that was. You know, you were sitting at home and somebody kicked in your front door and, you know, now you're in this fight. You know, okay, there's not a lot you can do about that a lot of times, although I would advise making, you know, putting up security lights and, and things like this. Yeah. You know, random crackhead comes, kicks in your door because he's like, mm, I smell cookies, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, now you're in a fight. Well, you know, now you have to use these skills. But other than that, I mean, if you're if you're out and about generally any kind of fight that you're in, there's some form of speech altercation that happens before then. Or if you were, if you had your eyes up and you were looking around and you were paying attention, you would have seen them before you got to you yeah, and stuff like that. So um, I think books especially should be used to build good fighter mindset and um, proper application of tactics rather than skills-based training. Just because, I mean, you know, you can have a thousand repetitions of whatever techniques and stuff like that, but if you don't have anybody to train with, if you don't have anybody to bounce stuff off of, if you don't have anybody to try anything on, especially with, like, under any form of duress for their fighting back, you don't really know if it's going to work.
1: So you're saying develop more of a mindset than a technique?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably the the strongest and best place for books. Okay this mindset and like he said the preparation type stuff uh, things that you can do around your home you know uh, you, you can learn all that kind of stuff that's kind of the stuff that we do on this podcast as mm-hmm. well we focus on mindset and things that you can do instead of physical skills it's going to be really hard to teach someone how to punch over a podcast just like mm-hmm. it would be very hard to teach someone to punch over a book
2: Right? exactly exactly I mean you know it can definitely help. I mean, uh, I guess the best thing you could do is teach people to put their thumbs on the outside of their fist when they, when they punch. But, um, you know, as, as far as it goes, not really a whole lot. I mean, you know, you can teach people concepts of fighting through a book, uh, yeah. same way that we can learn concepts of fighting through a conversation. Yeah. You know, uh, I guess in a lot of ways, a book is just a very one-sided conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can learn concepts of fighting and, and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, tactics, huge strategy, that kind of thing. But, you know, I believe that your time reading books will be much better spent dealing with tactics and mindset rather than strictly skills. If you have absolutely nobody to go to in your area to learn how to throw a punch or to not suck at fighting, there's, there's stuff that you can use for sure. Grab a buddy. But um, you probably also have a local high school that has a wrestling coach. Yeah. That's probably a decent place to start.
1: So do y'all have any books specifically that you would recommend?
2: Do we have any books? how
0: do you you want to go? Just like back and forth.
2: Yeah, we can go back and okay. forth. One of them, and this is really just one of the uh, one of the OGs, and it's a book that's really expensive on Amazon right now, and I don't understand why because if you find it in a bookstore, it's generally like ten or fifteen bucks. But it's a "Principles of Personal Defense" by Jeff Cooper, um, the Lieutenant Colonel himself. He was the pioneer that really, well, he really pioneered modern uh, gunfighting and training. And stuff like that. Most of the training, uh, at least in the way that we have it now for civilians, was started by Jeff Cooper at Gunsight. Mm, yeah. So, um, yeah, he was really the the OG on uh, getting people trained up, uh, at least normal people.
0: Yeah. And another thing that I would bring out, as I'm sure, is a very popular one would be the Gift of Fear by Gavin De mm-hmm. That one's a really good one. Did you did you read that one, Gentry? Yes. You did.
1: I really enjoyed just the everything it's bringing in as stop ignoring your intuition yeah i mean yeah your intuition's there for a reason and mm-hmm. use it
0: yeah it was it was really good mm-hmm. uh the one i guess the you know i don't agree with and i'm sure i won't agree with everything that everybody right. says you know one right. of the things he's not a fan of guns and right. i think they can be a very useful tool right uh, yeah. so i don't think that's necessarily but
1: right you know. but it is a very very good book
2: yeah, very informative and really. Uh, that's that's one thing that I've harped on people a whole lot, and especially coming into law enforcement and like the new kids and stuff coming through. is you've been taught, like your whole life, oh well, don't don't stare, don't profile people, don't yeah. make assumptions, <laughs> things like that. Like yes, d- yep, do that. Yeah, like yeah, do yeah. Do do <laughs> all of those things. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like don't like make weird assumptions. Like, <laughs> but you know but you know definitely like profile people that's you do it naturally because that's what you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. it is it's a survival technique all of all of this everything that we have all of this uh this first world society and stuff that we live in it's it's an anomaly Mm -hmm. it it doesn't exist like essentially yeah um you know we have we have fabricated all of this and it can go away just as soon as, as it got here. You know, I mean, if you look at it, the way things are like Katrina and stuff like that, yeah. you know, it, it went in three days. It went from howdy neighbor to I'm going to murder you and take your food um, because most people only have about three days worth of food in their house. And um, if you have more food than the other guy, that guy at that point is starving. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he's going to try and feed his family and it just is what it is. If you're not trained on how to use intuition and if you're not, you know, trained on these preservation skills. Um, you're not going to have them when you need them, you know, also just any other time people get desperate randomly and it can be on the one-on-one basis. And you can be in that altercation that you could have avoided if you, you properly used your, uh, your intuition the way that God intended you to. But, um, another book, uh, a really good one by Pat McNamara. Uh, Pat McNamara is a, a really great trainer. He's, um, he's a great dude. He wrote a book called Sentinel. Yeah. Becoming the agent in charge of your own protection. Uh, it's a really, really good book. It covers, I mean, a whole broad array of things, um, from home preparedness to vehicle tactics, uh, just normal driving stuff that you really wouldn't think about a lot of times. Leaving enough room in front of the car in front of you, mm-hmm. which is a pet peeve for me, is when people absolutely tailgate somebody. Yes, me too. And uh, or if you're in a traffic jam or something like that, people will sit in the middle lane and they will sit close enough to the car in front of them that they can't move to either side. Right. Um, if ever there's a traffic jam, I immediately find whichever side doesn't have of some form of blockage that, that i would be able to get out um if you think about it if anybody you know wanted to start an active shooting a traffic jam is a great place uh, yeah it's the only place you can do the only thing you can do is get out of your vehicle and run in a straight line yeah sure um you know you can run out to the signs but you know I, I hope i'm not giving anybody ideas but like <laughs> as far as it goes every time i'm in a traffic jam i'm like great somebody's going to start shooting and then i'm going to have to start shooting because like, <laughs> i don't know if any of these people are like the guy too but like i it's a whole really awkward thing i'm like, to be like no stop I'm the police don't shoot at me stop it you know
0: hey but uh, that's where your vest comes in
2: it's true yeah. yeah you know I wear a reflective one actually I've got I've got a ballistic vest in, in the car too yeah uh, I've got a lot of crap in my car <laughs> you know
0: I believe it I've not read that one that's one I want like yeah. to look at I've read other books by him but mm-hmm. I haven't read that one.
2: To, to include, I mean, it's it's a really good catch-all book, especially it deals with um, you know, personal protection, protection for your family, teaching kids you know, how, how to be more observant and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, he was talking about when he was raising his kids, he raised them and they would play a game and be like, oh, okay, I want you to pay attention when we're in the store and when, when we come back out, I'm going to ask you questions. If you get them right, I'll give you money or whatever. Oh. So, you know, I'll give you a dollar for every question I ask you and it'll be stuff like what's the... Uh,
0: Don't get any ideas, Kelly.
2: Yeah, like the cashier. What was the cashier's name? If you can if you were observant enough to see that, pay attention to it, remember it when we get back into the car. That's you know, a really neat idea though. That kind of thing. Um you I know, really like that. Yeah, like you know, did you see whoever that was sitting on the corner? What color were their shoes? And it's stuff like that, you know, stuff that just teaches them to be more observant. So, you know, not only being your own personal protection, but kind of setting your kids up to be more observant so they're le- less likely That's to awesome. become victims.
1: What was the name of that one?
2: Uh, Sentinel by Pac McNamara.
0: Okay. Uh, so another one that kind of goes back to that intuition thing is the new super powerful women. That one actually, uh, that is by Steve Cardian and Clara i always mess up her name i don't know exactly how she says her name so i'm sure i've screwed it up but it's all about you know again trusting tuition intuition and uh it really kind of geared toward women but i even you know kind of like the gift of fear i still found a lot of it very interesting and i read it to make sure that i could that it would be something that i would suggest to other females mm-hmm.
2: deadly force and understanding your right to self-defense by masada ayub uh, masada ayub's uh Firearms instructor. Um, I know he was a police officer for a long time. He's been used as an expert witness in the mm-hmm. um, like hundreds of uh, of self defense cases and stuff like that is what he's been brought in for. Um, incredibly smart guy. He's been at, in it forever. He's some like I think he's a champion revolver shooter. He's a he's an old dog, but you know he he knows a whole lot of tricks. And, and it's really important not only. No, understanding your your right to self defense, but you know there's kind of three fights. There's the physical fight that you have Mm -hmm. right at the time, and then after that, you have that legal fight where you have to justify your actions before a court. Generally, unless it was just so, uh, unless it was called on camera and it was just so um, obvious, yes, so obvious that it was self defense that you know the officers don't even bother you know taking any time to to charge or anything like that uh most of the time you're gonna have to go to court for it if nothing else i mean at least in the state of north carolina you can't be charged civilly for a shooting that you were in that you were found just for um so if you were in the right and you're shooting you can't be sued by the family after that mm-hmm. but you know in a lot of states it's not the case and understanding where you are the you know the legality there, whether or not you can carry inside that state, whether or not your concealed carries good inside that state, um, what the restrictions are for self defense with a firearm inside that state, that kind of thing. It, it all, I mean, you're subject to the laws of the state at that point, and um, you know, just kind of giving you, kind of knowing what to do after the shooting is just as important. Knowing what to do during the shooting itself, because you know, the one of the worst things that could happen if you're in a justifiable shooting and then you end up in prison because you took the wrong steps afterwards. Yeah, and uh, you know, while I, I genuinely believe that law enforcement officers are good people we do make mistakes we have different different opinions about a lot of things different different outlooks and and stuff we have some law enforcement officers uh not so much in the south but we have a lot of law enforcement officers that aren't very pro-gun i mean you know that work in places you know uh more liberal run states and things like that more restrictive states and then you know of course we have uh, a lot of great police officers now that understand their the constitution but um not every police officer is you know versed in constitutional law at least not the way that they should be and especially in dealing with the second amendment when it's been such a hot button issue lately another one i think is about tim larkin uh, when violence is the
0: answer i think you I, again, I go back to. Didn't you say that your son is reading that book, Gentry?
1: He's listening to the audio book. Okay, right now. Mm-hmm. yeah, I enjoyed that one too.
0: Yeah, that one is really good, and it goes back to the idea that yeah, we're going to do our best at all times to avoid violence. You know, uh, we talk about a lot. You know, I don't, I don't want to fight. Um, I would prefer to avoid any kind of situation, uh, de-escalate a situation, defuse that situation, whatever, and avoid the fight. But sometimes violence is the only answer you have. And when it is the answer, then, you know, it's, it's the only answer, really.
2: Right. Uh, a good one, a book by Roy Miller, Meditations on Violence, a Comparison of Martial Arts Training and the Real World Violence. Essentially, it's just a comparison to make sure. Is that one that you just said? No, okay. it, but it was
0: one I was about to say. Oh, okay. I was like, I, you well, made I a had, face,
2: and I was like, I was sure that that's not what you <laughs> <was> just said. <laughs> no, I've actually got uh, uh, two others, and uh, go ahead. Just making sure. I mean, so many people do, I don't know, Taekwondo and Jeet Kundo mm-hmm. and and uh, Ninjutsu and all this other crap. Um whatever uh uh, force field training and whatever it's just it has no basis in reality and it makes no sense and it makes you look dumb and you know if if we're doing all this so that we can look cool the only thing that looks cool is being competent and if you get beat up on the street you don't look cool look cool get better yeah you can read that book to make sure the training that you take you're taking is pertinent in the real world
0: actually what i what i really laughed at was the fact that i was just about to say facing violence by also also by roy miller oh um so that's that's both of those are very good books i've got both of them read them both they're awesome they are both and it's facing violence preparing for the unexpected it is it is another one that is just really good and a lot of the same things honestly as some of these others so i think what would be a really really good thing because not i think we've just said was that like eight either eight or ten books we just, kinda yeah, just kind of threw out there really quick and forth, yeah i can't i lost count if we each did four or each did five
2: but i have no idea <laughs>
0: But I would like to say this. If you could say, say one book, if somebody only has time to read one book, what do you think that would be? I just killed your whole... You already had another one planned and everything, but I know we yeah. can't We can't do this forever. We're already recording for 45 minutes at no. this point in time.
2: <laughs> one book. Honestly, the, the book that I think uh, that is covered the most like just just the most amount of, of coverage and does it concisely and in a in a way that the average person like a layman can read it and understand mm. and not need you know understanding or googling uh is sentinel by pat mcnamara yeah i mean really really good one it's easily digestible it's not a very thick book i mean mm-hmm. you can get through it you can get them through the majority of it in a day or at least i did and i have dyslexia so it's like i read slow so you know i probably had to read half of the book twice because because i, I <laughs> You know, every, everything looks like numbers. You know, uh, as far as it goes, um that's really it's it's one of the books that I've been most impressed with. He also does a class sentinel that you can take. A, it'll be on his website. I think it's like tmackink. or something like that. Anyway, just to wrap up a plug because he's a good guy. You know, I've taken the class and stuff too, and the class is just as in depth. You know, just as much usable information. Really, very very versatile of a book to make you a better protector.
0: I was thinking about that, and it's funny because I was sitting there, I thought I had a good answer, but I'm slightly torn. <laughs> I think it would be somewhere between either the gift of fear or when violence is the answer mm-hmm. one of those two especially of the ones that I, I just said it'd be one of those two that i would probably say because i think both of those are, are excellent mm-hmm. yeah. in their own rights and for their own reasons probably if we are i guess if you know if the
2: person is asking
0: i would probably say the gift of fear
2: yeah because, no, because of the intuition the, thing and yeah. everything else uh people overuse the word powerful like yeah, I know. Are powerful. Like, yeah, you know, it's not really. That's not the word. but you know, it, it is. It's. I mean the, the skills that that book talks about. If you put them into practice, it, it is. It's significantly powerful. it, yeah. it makes you. Uh, it makes you safer. It makes you better. It, it. It's another one of those things like we were talking about. Like you know, if you end up in the fight, your tactics probably suck. You know, yeah, it's, true. It's true. the same thing. You know, if you can't uh, can't do that, just one more book. If I can add, yeah, no, you're good. But I think uh, we just Purple did. Before, so. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'll I'll throw in one one last one as well. Yeah,
2: verbal judo by yeah. Doc Thompson. Yep, very good. Um, yeah, Doc Rhino is is. I mean, an incredibly intelligent guy. Um, he's a PhD that became a street cop. There's not a whole lot of those floating around. But you know, as far as it goes, um, you know, uh, just his his little tips on on being able to speak to people. It's stuff that I use all the time. Uh, being able to hijack a conversation and turn it around, uh, essentially put it back under control from you, and direct it where you need to go, and you know, escalation and de escalation where you need it. I think that's that's one of the things that. Definitely, if if you're able to master talking to somebody, you'll definitely have much, much less worry about having to be a master of fighting somebody.
0: Yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah. And I mean, we, we've talked about it a lot of times. I have used my words and everything to... To stop situations many many more times mm-hmm. exactly uh, or many many times and i've not had to actually fight because i've always been successful in that so that's kind of the goal that we're shooting for i guess my bonus book would be more toward kids it's really recommended for ages 10 to 17 but i've i've heard a lot of adults that have read it that have said they learned a lot from it as well and that's after the bell rings giving the kids the tools they need to stay safe and it's really A lot about situational awareness, a lot of that kind of stuff, but it's Mm -hmm. on that level of, you know, middle to high school kids. Right. It's really good as well.
2: If you guys are enjoying this podcast, go ahead and go go over to any podcast catcher, rate us, and please, please, please write us your review. That way we can read your review on the podcast.
0: Yeah, and guys, don't forget uh, the faithandfreedom.clothing shirts, awesome shirts, and you can always use that coupon code, Impact Defense for 10% off. They're Jesus's favorite shirts, probably. Yeah, probably are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. If I had to guess, yeah, I
2: mean, you know,
0: <laughs> we know that Jesus has a favorite chicken. That's true. There's, you know, Chick Fil A. Yeah, exactly. That. See, I didn't even have to say who it was. You knew yeah. who it was.
2: Oh yeah, I, I got one still, sitting upstairs waiting
1: chicken. on me to come eat it right now.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Chick Fil A.
1: Yeah, Jeremy brought me one.
0: Holy crap! Why didn't you just say hey? That, Brian probably hasn't had lunch. You
1: didn't see that meetup in the parking lot where he hands a Chick fil A sandwich out of his window? and <laughs> I,
0: just, I did okay. see the meetup in the parking mm-hmm. lot. We got a little worried as to who was over there. And then it's like,
2: nah, this is probably Jeremy. Yep. I just figured that bag was too big, so I, just, I wasn't worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> just bringing <me> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Steven's like, nah, oh, no, it's, it's mm-hmm. too,
0: it's I don't know, too early, too late <laughs> to, to arrest anybody today?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely both. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, guys. So thank you very much, and we will see you in the next one.
1: Bye. Bye.